بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار so this is our fourth lesson on the story of Musa and Fir'aun in the Quran as compiled here by Ibn Kathir rahimahullah ta'ala so in the previous lesson in the third lesson uh, we came to the point in the story where Musa and Harun السلام, they come to Fir'aun and they begin the dialogue with Fir'aun in terms of admonishing him gently and advising him and reminding him and so in that lesson we looked at the, the dialogue as occurs in Surah Shu'ara the 26th Surah and from that dialogue that we mentioned basically we took a number of benefits uh, specifically regarding the method of argument and the counter response from Fir'aun so we noted the following five points uh, for in, in, the, in the previous lesson first of all that Fir'aun initially tried to use two false arguments the first one was that he tried to remind Musa salam that I raised you in my home I paid for you for your for your upbringing for your food for your clothing and so this was like a favor he was trying to impress upon Musa salam as a kind of argument to say how can you come and say anything to me when I have a favor over you and so this is a false argument because just because someone has a favor over you does not mean that you cannot speak the truth and that you do you know cannot bring the truth so this was the first method that Fir'aun used trying to bring a favor the second thing that he said was that he tried to bring up something from the past of Musa salam, which is the killing of that man and he tried to say well you know you committed a, a crime and you you know violated the laws of our society and you killed a man and so again Musa al-Islam responded and he said, well, I, I was someone who was, uh, you know, I was, I, was, I was one without knowledge, without revelation, without guidance in that, in that situation. So how can you, you know, how can you use that uh, against me? So again, to bring up someone's past, something that they did, this again is not a valid argument against what Musa al-Islam was calling him to, which is the Tawheed of Allah, Azza wa Jal, to worship him alone and to be humble and to seize his oppression and to release the Bani Israel. And also Musa al-Islam, he said that just because you've done a favor over me, does that mean, does that now justify that you can oppress Bani Israel? Is this your argument? That because I gave you a favor, did you a favor? That that favor now justifies this tremendous oppression? Of course it doesn't. So this was the argument that Musa al-Islam uh, responded back to him with. Then the dialogue starts, the actual argumentation, and we said that there were three, um, you know, there were, there were three stages. First of all, 
Fir'aun said, what is the Lord of the worlds? And so first of all, Musa al-Islam, he said, he's the Lord of the heavens and the earth and whatever is in between them. So this is now argument from Rububiyyah. So in response to this Fir'aun, he turned to those people around him and said, are you not listening to what he's saying? Are you listening? This is a kind of mockery and derision. He's trying to belittle him and trying to jibe at him. And it's not really an argument, it's not a counter-argument against the argument for Allah's rububiyyah. Allah is the creator of everything. Allah is the Lord of everything. So here, this is a general type of argument that the heavens and the earth, whatever is in between them, of you know the sun, the moon, uh, the stars, the planets, the wind, the rain, the clouds, and everything in between, the men, the jinn, everything in between, that Allah is the Lord, the Rabb of all of that. And the evidence for that is just by mushahada, just by, just by looking. Right? The evidence is just by looking. So in response to this, Fir'aun did not have any rational response. He just turned to his people and said, look, look have you heard what this man is saying? Tried to basically belittle him. Then Musa al-Islam, he then went to the next level and he said, he is your Lord and the Lord of your very first forefathers. So now the argument is that he's the Lord of, of you as an individual, as in you as a creation. And he created you, he created your forefathers. And so this now is alluding to the fact, the issue of you know reproduction and how a human is born after not being, after not existing at all. And so all of that related to uh, human uh, creation, human reproduction. And the fact that all of this is by qadr, it is by design, by plan, and that you are just part and parcel of that, and that you have a Lord, and you are the clearest of evidences. You, you as, a, as a specimen, you are the empirical evidence. So, he then turned around to the people and said, this messenger of yours, who's been sent to you, he said, he is, he is majnoon, he is mad, he is possessed. So again, this is a false argument, it's not an argument. To say someone is mad, it's, this, this is like uh, you're just attacking that person. You're not uh, addressing the actual argument. Then, Musa al-Islam, he then used the third level, which is to say he is the Lord uh, of the East and likewise of the West and whatever is in between them. Whatever is in between them, if you truly understand. So here he, we alluded that this basically is, is, is a reference to the East and the West and the motion of the sun and the moon and the stars and all of that together is alluded to by this particular statement. So now, the, the direction is pointed towards what we see of these phenomena, of the alternation of the night and the day, and the, the, the rotation of the sun and the moon, and you know the stars and so on and so forth, that all of this is by precision, all of this has been subjugated for the benefit of, of mankind, and so behind it is a Lord. There is a Lord behind all of this. So then his response to that, unable to answer, he said that basically if you take a deity other than me, then you will be, I will put you among those who are imprisoned. I will make you amongst those who are imprisoned. Now basically it's a threat of imprisonment when he's unable to argue or counter all of these uh, rational uh, proofs. So this is where we finished in the previous lesson. And today we're going to continue. We said that there were two places in the Qur'an at least, but in these two places we see that the dialogue 
the actual dialogue in terms of the evidences that it is it is mentioned uh, specifically so the second place is in surah taha the 20th surah and this basically starts from roughly around verse 40 42 43 uh, 45 onwards so we'll take it from that point onwards inshallah so allah azawajal he says fa'tiyahu faqula inna rasula rabbik فَأَرْسِلْ مَعَنَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ وَلَا تُعَذِّبُهُمْ كَدْ جِئْنَاكَ بِآيَةٍ مِّنْ رَبِّكَ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَىٰ مَنِ اتَّبَعَ الْهُدَىٰ so, so he said, Allah said to, said to them, Go both of you to him, and say to him, Indeed, we are messengers of your Lord. We are the messengers of your Lord. So send Bani Israel with us, and do not punish them. And we have come to you, with an ayah, with a sign from your Lord. And peace, safety is upon the one who follows the guidance. And then they said, Inna qad ilayna anna ala man Indeed, it has been revealed to us that the punishment will fall upon the one who belies and who turns away. So here then the command is given to Musa and Harun السلام, to go to this Fir'aun and to ask him to worship Allah alone and to release Bani Israel from, you know, from enslavement and that they not be punished and that they come, both of them, that they have with them an ayah. They have come with an ayah that they are going to show him in due course. And then they said that safety and peace, if this is what you want, if you want this, Safety from punishment is upon the one who follows the guidance. And so then they basically spoke to him and they also admonished him because as you know, first of all, you begin with a gentle, soft speech. Then you bring arguments and then you admonish. So there's, a, there's an order. So they also admonished him and they said to him that it has been revealed to us that punishment falls upon the one who belies, meaning who disbelieves, and who turns away, who turns his back. Meaning he rejects the truth, and he refuses to act upon it. Right? This is what this means. So, in this dialogue, Fir'aun, in this dialogue in Surah Taha, uh, Fir'aun says, قَالَ فَمَنْ رَبُّكُمَا يَا مُوسَى Fir'aun says, Who is your Lord, O Musa? Who is your Lord? And Musa alayhi salam, he says, قَالَ رَبُّنَا رَبُّنَا الَّذِي أَعْطَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلْقَهُ ثُمَّ هَدَى Our Lord is the one who gave everything its creation or its form and then he guided it. Let me just read the whole passage and we'll come back to it piece by piece inshallah. So then Fir'aun's response is, so he said, tell me then about the, all of these generations that have come before. So what is their situation then? What he means here is that all of the generations that came before, whatever religion they were upon, whatever they worshipped, what about them then? What, what, what were they upon then? In relation to what you are calling me to. And what does it mean in terms of you know what will happen to them? What's what's their situation then? How come you call, how come you are calling me to this, and they were upon whatever they were upon of of worshiping you know whatever they were worshiping? So this was basically his his response. So 
Musa al-Islam, he says, قَالْ عِلْمُهَا عِنْدَ رَبِّي He says, the knowledge of that is with my Lord, في كتاب, in a book. لَا يَضِلُّ رَبِّي وَلَا يَنْسَى My Lord does not err, nor does he forget. And then after this, Musa al-Islam then goes on to mention the arguments, the evidences for Allah's rububiyyah. So now he draws the attention of Fir'aun again to the phenomena, to the things which we physically see that we know which are which are real and true which we experience and this is the nature of the evidence of the prophets and messengers they don't bring abstract philosophical long-winded proofs that you know most people are not even going to understand right they bring clear empirical evidence which everybody sees feels experiences and which no one can deny so then he directs him to he says the, 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 this is the lord the Lord who does not forget, who does not, uh, who does not forget, الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْعَرْضَ مَحْدَى وَسَلَكَ لَكُمْ فِيهَا سُبُولًا وَأَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً فَأَخْرَجْنَا بِهِ أَزْوَاجًا مِنْ نَبَاتٍ شَتَّى He says, the one who made for you the earth a stretched out plain. And he made therein paths for you therein, in which basically you, you travel and so on and so forth. And he sent down from the sky water. And we brought out from it pears of different types of vegetation and, and, and fruit. So eat from that yourselves and pasture, meaning, you know, uh, uh, make your, your cattle to graze uh, from that. Indeed, within that are signs for the people of intelligence. Minha khalaqanakum. وَفِيهَا نُعِيدُكُمْ وَمِنْهَا نُخْرِجُكُمْ تَارَةً أُخْرَى From it did we create you, and to it shall we return you, and from it shall we bring you out a second time, another time. So this now is alluding to the resurrection, resurrection and, and reviving everyone after their, after their death. So basically this is the argument then, the second dialogue that we see, and we want to... Uh, you know, uh, expand a bit upon this uh, dialogue. So, first of all, we know that Fir'aun is a denier of a creator, a maker, a khaliq, a sani'. And so the argument then has to be, and obviously he believes that he is the Lord and the deity uh, among his people, and that there is no creator besides, you know, besides what he knows, and there is no resurrection. And so because of that, he was very, very arrogant. So the argument then, that when Fir'aun said, فَمَنْ رَبُّكُمَا يَا مُوسَى Who is your Lord? He said, قَالَ رَبُّنَا الَّذِي أَعْطَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلْقَهُ ثُمَّ هَدَى He said, our Lord is the one who gave everything, its khalq, which is its creation, its form, and ثُمَّ هَدَى And then he gave it, its guidance. Now, when we return back to the Mufassirun, the, 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 the commentary of, of the scholars, we'll come to uh, Sheikh Al-Sa'di as well in insha'Allah ta'ala. Uh, what they say here, the general uh, explanation here is that if you look at every creature, every creature has a, uh, you know, a specific form. It has its own creation, meaning in terms of its form, its appearance, its build, its size, and so on and so forth. And then top of that, 
on top of the, the, the khalq, which is just the physical way it is, Allah also gave it guidance. What is that guidance? And the Mufassirun they explain that this is basically the, 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 the food. Allah inspired it as to what its food is going to be, what its abode is going to be, meaning where it's going to live. And he gave it an amount of aql. He gave it an amount of reason that allows it to fulfill all of that. So what we believe is that every creature has been given something of aql, meaning reason. Something to, of reason, that it is able to reason. But that reason is only limited wherein it, it, it allows it to make decisions about its food, drink, habitation, and to basically ensure that and safeguard that. And so when we look at every single creature, we see that it, it has these things, right? It has its own form. So if we take just you know, some examples, you know, we, have, we have cattle, we have cows, we have sheep, we have things like that, and we have you know, uh, spiders, we have ants, we have wasps, uh, we have snakes, we have fish in the sea, right? Every single one of them, we can see that it has a particular form. It has a particular form and a particular shape. And on top of that, we see, when we analyze its behavior, you see that among all these animals, there are different, if you like, thought processes, different decisions which are made. And, um, you know, we see a bat works in a certain way. We see an ant works in a certain way. We see, and so we see that this is basically the, the, the hidayah. This is the guidance which Allah has given to every single uh, thing. So when we, when, when, we, when we look at all of these things around us, they are all empirical evidence for their creator and their Lord. Right? Let's stay upon this for a bit more and expand upon it in a bit more detail. If you look in the Quran, you see that Allah we see always the mention of the word Rabb. فَمَنْ رَبُّكُمَا يَا مُوسَى And then they say, رَبُّنَا الَّذِي أَعْتَى كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلْقَةٍ ثُمَّ هَدَى Right? And then if you look in all the other ayat, you see the Rabb is used. And the word Rabb, as you know, as the scholars explain, it means السيادة, الخلق, الملك, التدبير. Right? الخلق, it means Allah is, it means the Rabb is the one who creates. Uh, Al-Mulk means the one who owns. He is the Malik, Khaliq, the Malik. And he is the Mudabbir. He is the one who basically controls and regulates everything. So within this creation, everything operates according to a law or, or, or to laws, all of which work together. And that is Allah's Tadbir. Nothing can escape these laws. Right? So Allah is the Mudabbir. So all of this is what it means, is what, what is meant by Rabb. Rabb. So when we say about any specific thing, Rabbu Samawat, Allah is the Lord of the heavens. Or Rabbul Mashriq, the Lord of the East. Or, so we see the, 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 the word Rabb associated with, with anything and everything in Allah's creation. Then what, what is the connection between those two things? Well, first of all, just from the very meaning of the word Rabb, we know that that thing is makhluk, it is created, and it is mamluk, meaning it is owned, 
and it is it is you know it undergoes uh, it is it, it, it is uh, controlled or regulated in a certain way. I Meaning it can't break and go outside of whatever Allah has decreed for it. Right? Me and you were not able to fly. We're not able to fly. We can we we can never ever fly. Right? So there's something within Allah's control and regulation of His creatures. That doesn't allow me and you to, to fly. Unlike, for example, the birds and whatever else. Right? So Allah's tadbir of his creation, he regulates his creation, how it functions. Right? So so first of all, that's that's the relationship between the Rabb and the Marboob. And then also when we look at each when we look at each individual thing, we take each thing, we can see that there are certain elements. Uh, with respect to it. First of all, it's clearly, we can see that it's created, it's makhluq, because it came to be after not being. It came to be after not being, right? You were not present 400 years ago. You didn't exist. Right? And today you exist. And 400 years from now, you will not exist. You, you, you'll be perished and gone. Right? This is a proof that you are created. Right? Be- because you come to be and then you perish. You are created. And the same with everything else around us. What Ibn Taymiyyah says, that the evidence is, is that we see everything around us. We see the clouds appear, then disappear. We see the rain comes and it goes. We see animals be born and die. We see the plants, they, they, uh, you know, they appear, they grow, uh, the, the fruits come, and then, then they perish and, and they are gone. Right? This continuous cycle of life and death, life and death, this is proof that everything around us is makhluq, it's created. Right, so the first thing about anything is that it is makhluk. The second thing is that there is precision, there is itqan and ihkam in relation to everything. So, whether you want to take the sun or the moon, whether you want to take a tree, whether you want to take whatever else it might be, right, you can see that there is precision in those things. Right, there's precision in the motion of the sun and the moon to specific, specific you know, time scales. Right, there's no fluctuation within. A year, the fluctuation is about three or four seconds, five seconds on a year-to-year basis, the motion of the sun. Right? It's that precise. So there is itqa, there is precision. Then there is also taqsis, uh, or what we call everything has been given, uh, made like a specific way, for example. So a daffodil is a certain way, and a rose is a certain way. And you know, we can see that there's clearly choice, and things are specified in the way that they are. Right, so in all of these things, we see that in the Quran, Allah He links His rububiyyah to the heavens and the earth as a whole, and whatever is in between. This now is in a general sense, or He will ascribe His rububiyyah to specific things, to specific things, whether it be the sun or the moon, or you know, of people or whatever else it might be. So. The argument here of Musa salam is that all of these things are clear empirical evidence of his existence. Right? They are clear empirical evidence of his existence. And to illustrate this a bit further for you, if you imagine, uh, to, to uh, build upon this, the examples here, you see nowadays that the, 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 they have technology by which they are able to build, for example, a drone. A drone that, that you are able to fly. 
and also they are able to build what mimics if you like uh, like a bird that is able to fly so they have if, if you can find this online you have uh, uh, companies that build they mimic they, they build like a, a bird like thing where they mimic a, a wing so they manage to produce the wing and it actually does manage to stay in the air but then they also build a collection of them so that they basically they operate together right so in other words you've got so imagine you've got three birds these mechanical birds they'll look like the real thing obviously not the real thing but they you know they've got wings that fly and then they put them in a group of six and they all fly so they're all flying together and so what the controller does is he'll move one this way and so the other birds are able to detect that motion and then they'll move in the same way as well just by controlling one of them right so as they move one as they move forward the whole group will move forward and then the whole group will move back and then move to the side right so now if you ask yourself the question if we just ignore if you if you just look at the physical makeup khalq of of that thing what is it it's just what is it plastic bit of metal framing right but what is it that's making it do all those things what is it huh but well yeah there has to be a battery in there yes that's true because it has to get power that's true right there has to be a battery there has to be power there has to be power in there somehow something has to power the um the wings the mechanical wings but what else is there what, how, how is it doing what it's doing what's what's been put in there apart from the actual physical things that make up the the, the structure no no that's that that's not the design that, that is the design that's the physical design what what is the, what is there ah programming programming right so that that mechanical bird has been there's something in there that's programming it to do whatever it's doing that programming is ilm it's knowledge right it's ilm someone's ilm someone someone that that knowledge existed with someone outside of that item and that knowledge or that combined knowledge had to be put in as a program into that mechanical bird for it to work for it to function the way that it functions do you understand right so so when these people are trying to mimic the creation of allah azawajal and they are building all of these things now you can see that this this is a complete science in itself i've mentioned this many times before and you can search for it it's called biomimicry biomimicry all that means is trying to mimic biology right and there are many companies who are basically taking this 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 idea and and developing things like you know what we what we are speaking of you can see now that they build these um you know like these uh dogs that they use in combat it's it's a mechanical dog you've probably seen it it's able to run and it's able to jump over things and if you try and push it it'll keep its balance right so apart from just the physical things that make up this dog what's making it do what it's doing what is it the sensor like they have sensors they have you know all of those are not conscious they don't have consciousness do they they're not able to think so what what's in there that's making it behave the way it is huh it's programming it's coding it's knowledge something has been put in there which which originates from knowledge in someone else which is the which is why it's behaving and doing what it is doing right that's the argument here of musa alayhi salam 
against Fir'aun. When he says, Rabbuna, our Lord is the one, then he gave it its guidance, right? And then the same, the same evidence, the same proof, the same um, evidence we find in Surah Al-A'la. Al-A'la. Glorified be your Lord, the Most High. The one who created and he shaped and he fashioned. فَهَدَى And the one who then made taqdeer and then gave guidance. This is the same thing, right? When you, this is the meaning of qadr, taqdeer, uh, qadr. It means to estimate, to measure. Uh, the scholars, they, they give an example. They say that when you have a tailor and the tailor is going to make a garment... He measures the garment and then he cuts the garment. All of this is taqdeer, right? This is estimation, measuring and whatever else. So when you look at these people who are making these devices where they are mimicking nature, right? They are building uh, these mechanical birds. They are building drones. They are building these combat um, machines which, which are basically like, like dogs. You know, they're, they're able to jump over things and, and you know... What are they doing? First of all, they are making taqdeer. They are, they are determining all of the uh, individual, um, you know, the, the makeup of this thing. They are measuring. They are doing the mathematics. They are doing the physics. All of this is taqdeer, right? And then they are making the khalq. They are physically putting the thing together. This is, this is khalq. But for the creation, it's, it's not khalq as it is for Allah Azawajal, Right? For the creation, it is we are just taking things which already exist and we are changing them and we are, you know, putting them together. This is what creation is for us. This is different to Allah because He creates, you know, from, from, from nothing and, you know, He is the creator of matter and so on and so forth. But we are just taking the matter anyway. So then, this is the khalq. Then, uh, uh, so this is the khalq and the, the, the taswiyah, you know, the forming and the shaping. And then they give it its guidance. What is this guidance? It is the coding. It is the programming that they're putting in there. This is what is the guidance. If you take that programming out, what do you have? Just a piece of trash. It's metal, plastic, glass. What, that's all it is. There's nothing else. It's useless. Put the, put the program back in, and now it's, it's fully functional and does what it's supposed to do. Right? Do you understand that? So, so, if you think about it like this, what is it that's in a spider that makes it do what it does and what is it in an ant that makes it do what it does? And what's in it? What is in a dog that makes it do what it does? And what's in a snake or an elephant that makes it do what it does? Right. If you take out, if you, if you if you take out whatever that thing is, all you're left with is just flesh and bones and nothing else. You can't do nothing. So what is that thing? What is that thing? It's the guidance that Allah put into it. It's the hidayah. It's the guidance. If you will call it. Programming coding. Just in the same way as with all these things that, the, 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 that these people are making, if you took out that, you know, the little hard drive and the firmware and whatever else, and you took it out, you took all of the code out, what do you have? You just have a piece of trash. You just have metal and nothing else. That's all there is, right? So this now is clear evidence, clear evidence that there is a Lord for all of these things. There is a Lord for all of these things. The ant has a lord. 
right? The snake has a lord, the elephant has a lord, and we have a lord, we have a lord, right? So, so this now is the argument of Musa salam to Fir'aun. And Fir'aun, his, obviously now the argument is clearly established. There is no counter-argument against this. And the argument is clear that behind all of these things there is ilm, there is knowledge, just like if we stick to the example of men who create things like these drones and, and devices, we know that they only created those things with knowledge, will, power and wisdom. Right? Knowledge, power, will and wisdom. This is how you created what you created. In the same way in Allah's creation what He creates, which is much superior, because Allah's creation, He's created it so it can self, it can reproduce. Your drones can't reproduce, can't give birth to, to a baby drone. Right? You can't give birth to a new mechanical bird, you can't do that. So this creation is deficient. So you can't mimic Allah's creation. But in trying to mimic Allah's creation, you can see that you are using knowledge, you are using will, you are using choice, you are using power, you are using the wisdom. You have wisdom because obviously you intend certain things behind the creation of these devices. So all of this is a proof that, this, that in Allah's creation, that what we see, what, what appears straight away to us is there is knowledge behind this, there is wisdom behind this, there is choice behind this, there is intent behind this, there is qudra, there is power behind this. So now the evidence is undeniable that you, Fir'aun, that you have a Lord. You have a Lord. So now what is the, what is the response of Fir'aun to this argument now? So you have to understand what Musa al-Islam is saying to Fir'aun. He's saying that this is clear evidence that you have a Lord and it is binding upon you to worship Him alone. You have to, the evidence for Tawheed has now been established upon you. So now Fir'aun's response is to say, قَالَ فَمَا بَالُ الْقُرُونِ الْأُولَى He says, because Fir'aun understands what he's being, what he's being requested. He's been requested to worship Allah alone because the evidence has been clearly established against you. So now his argument, he's saying basically, well tell me, what about all of these nations and these people who've, who've gone, who've perished from before? Tell me then about them. What he means by that is that, so all these people who came before then, they were worshipping the stars, they were worshipping the planets, they were worshipping the sun, they were worshipping you know, the animals, the cattle, whatever. So what about them then? What, are you telling me they were wrong? Uh, were they upon falsehood? How come they were worshipping what they were worshipping? If they knew what you knew, they would have worshipped your Lord, but they didn't. In other words, his argument is that they, you've, whatever you've come with, they would have known it. They would have known about it. And they would have worshipped with your Lord, but they didn't. So some of them were worshipping cows, some of them were worshipping trees, some of them were worshipping, worshipping stars, some of them worship, you know, so on and so forth. So what about them then? How can, all, how can they all be wrong? How come you, you've brought something and they never ever came to know of that thing, this, this tawheed that you're calling to? This is basically his argument now, alright? So again you can see, this is, this is now uh, a sixth false argument. Right? In, this, in the story, we mentioned five false arguments of Fir'aun. This now is a sixth false argument. What is the argument? Well, are you saying everybody else is wrong? 
Are you saying all those other religions are false? Are you saying oh, everything what someone worshipped besides what you are calling me to worship, that's all wrong and false? Right? So this is now, today when you see, when, when you speak to an atheist, and they'll say, oh, so which god are you worshipping then? How many gods, how, you know, how many, there's thousands of gods. Which god is the right one? This is a few stupid argument. Right? This, this is not even an argument in itself. The fact that, you know, someone's worshipping an elephant, someone's worshipping a monkey, that someone's worshipping whatever, this is from their stupidity and foolishness. Right? This is, this is, you know, how can you even, how can you even bring this as an argument? But Fir'aun is basically, you know, saying something along, along similar lines. He's saying, are all these religions wrong then? What about them then? So again, you can see that the argument that Musa Islam brought for him to worship Allah alone, that, that your Lord is the Lord who created all of these things. And so you worship only him, you abandon the worship of all of the things, right? He couldn't bring an argument against that. And so his, his argument was going to sidetrack and to basically, you know, uh, speak about, you know, the people who came before. So uh, what is Musa al-Islam's response to this non-argument? His response is to say, uh, he said, قَالَ عِلْمُهَا عِنْدَ Rabbi." He said the knowledge, this knowledge of all of those generations, that's with my Lord. My Lord knows. He knows about those nations, those people who went astray. And all of this is in a book. All of this is in a book with my Lord. My Lord, he does not err, nor does he forget. So the meaning here of what, what Musa is saying is that my Lord, he will judge those people. Even if they worshipped other things, you know, they worship what they worshipped upon falsehood, then this is not a proof for you. It's not a proof for you. Just like an atheist today, he says, ah, but the Hindu worships this, and uh, the Jew worships this, and the Christian worships this. Well, that's not an argument for you. How is that even an argument for you? This, this is not even an argument for you to, to, to say the people worship different things. Now, what, I'm, what I'm explaining to you is that there is a one Lord, one Creator, and He's all the evidence for it. And you are obliged to worship Him and be grateful for the favors that you enjoy on a, daily, on a daily basis. How is what someone else worships, how is that even an argument for you? It's not an argument. It's not an argument. So, uh, Musa al-Islam is saying that all of this is in a book with my Lord, and those people, even if they worship what they worshipped, that in itself is not a refutation of what I am calling you to. It doesn't refute what I'm calling you to. And, you know, because those people, just like you, were ignoramuses. And everything they did, it's written, recorded, and it will be brought out from the book, you know, the, the, the book in which everything is written, and then they will be, then they will be judged on that basis. So likewise, uh, Sheikh Asadi, rahimahullah, will just comment on uh, his uh, speech here. So again, Fir'aun says, فَمَنْ رَبُّكُمَا يَا Musa, Who is your Lord, O Musa? This is, this is out of rejection. Who is your Lord then? And so Musa al-Islam, he gave him the answer. Our Lord is the one who gave everything its form, its, meaning its creation, its form and shape. Then he guided it. So the Shaykh says that Allah created every creation with like the, the, the best form, whether it is a large body or a small body. And he gave it all of its attributes. Whatever attributes it has, Allah gave it that. Then he gave it its guidance. 
which means that this is uh, the hidayah al-kamila al-mushahida the guidance that we see in every creation you see that every individual creation what does it do it goes and it seeks whatever benefits it needs for its subsistence for it to live and likewise it does everything to keep away harms from itself it is programmed as we said with all with all of these things so every creature behaves in a different way you can observe ants you see they behave in a certain way you you observe spiders they behave in a certain way you observe elephants they behave in a certain way every every creature has a certain hidayah has a certain way of behaving and he says hatta inna allah a'ta al-hayawan al-bahim min al-aql ma yatamakkan bihi min dhalik until allah has even given every like like creature uh aql reason as we said before by which it is able to do all of that right this is the same as what we said that when these people are creating these these drones and these devices within them there is intelligence there's intelligence in a drone there is programmed into intelligence that that allows it to respond to to instructions right so in a similar manner all of these creations of allah azawajal they have hidayah they have certain amount of aql that that is programmed into them that allows them to behave in the way that they that they behave so to reject this to deny this to deny this fact So again, this is something that is undeniable that everything that we see, it has its form, it has its creation suited to it, to its habitat, and it has a certain guidance, the hidayah, which consists of aql, and that basically uh, all of this indicates the Lord of the worlds, and this is a definitive proof that cannot be argued against. Right? So... As we said before, that just by observation, it is undeniable that in the creation that we see, there is knowledge, wisdom, will, power, choice. These are attributes that we, which are clearly evident from the creation without even thinking. I mean, this is not like a Russian argument. This is just mushahada. This is just by actual observation. Right? These attributes are very clear, right? That there's knowledge behind this thing. There's there's wisdom and purpose behind this thing, right? So from that we have to now decide 
where are we going to put these attributes? Where do we put these attributes? Because they are clearly there. You can't deny them. It is mukabara. It is pure arrogance to deny that this is the case. Meaning that there is, you know, uh, that there is some intentionality behind this creation. <clears throat> now, where do we put these things? We only have two choices. We either say they belong to a creator who is outside of the heavens and the earth and who is the creator of everything. Right? Because attributes have to be in something or someone. Right? This is the first choice. And this is what every sound, sane, intelligent person will say. Right? Or the other choice, you, you've got no other choice. You now have to think, if you're an atheist, you have to find some way of how can I hide, how can I hide these attributes? Where, where can I put these attributes? What shall I do with these attributes? Because they are clearly evident from all of the created things that, that I see around me. Right? Where shall I put these attributes? So the only thing that he can do is to put them back within the very thing that was created and then use deceptive language and encrypted language, right? So this is why we keep repeating this again and again and again so that it becomes rooted in, 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 our, in our hearts and minds because this is, this is a very, very big problem of, of atheism and the scholars you know, speak about it. So as I said to you before, what an atheist is really doing is like when you say this bottle is a clear evidence of its creator and the one who made it, it shows his knowledge, it shows his wisdom what he intended by this, it shows that he had the power to do all of this and it shows that he has you know, a wisdom and intended goal behind this, whatever else. right? This bottle itself, that itself is the forensic evidence, it's the empirical evidence that the one who made it is out there. right? And it shows his knowledge, will, power, wisdom, all of that is very clear from this. Right, so it's natural to say yes, it has a maker, and that maker exists somewhere, and and that maker has these attributes. Right, he's a knowing person. He's got knowledge of, you know, labeling and things like that. He's got power. He's got wisdom. He's got choice because you know, obviously, he chose to put this in different colors and whatever else. Right, that's clear. That reasoning is clear. You can't fault that reasoning. So now, what the atheist is doing? Right, okay, let's you know, where can we put these attributes? Well, let's just throw them back into the bottle. Right. So that the knowledge that produced this bottle is actually in the, knowledge, in the bottle itself. And the wisdom that was behind producing this bottle is actually in the bottle itself. And the will and the choice is actually in the bottle itself. Right? This is where it all lies. But then they have to, because obviously this, this is a sign of junoon. This is a sign of madness. This is a sign of, of uh, you know, majaneen. This is the kind of thing that a child would say. So to... To, to, because that's obvious, they have to use deceptive, encrypted language to make it appear that they are saying something else. Right? And that is the trick that they are playing upon all of us and upon every, everyone else. Everything that we hear from them, the Big Bang and everything else, this is the, basically the trick that they're playing. But it's just that the example I've given you is a very simple example that exposes the reality of what they are doing. Right? But when you come and, and you, you, you look at the, the complexity of in Allah's creation, and you study the complexity of, or in that, and then you start devising terms and language to describe all this complexity, it's a lot easier to hide what you are really saying using all of that complicated language. Right? And that's what they are doing. So in this example, it's straightforward. You, you can see what, what a person would be doing. 
just taking the attributes, throwing it back into the bottle, and then claiming he's saying something else, right? Which you know is, is stupidity. But that's what they're doing, because, you know, as, as we said, they're just using very complicated uh, language in order to deny that there is a creator behind all of this. So Imam Sa'di, rahimahullah, basically, you know, he expounds upon the same, uh, same, same thing. And uh, as for the knowledge of the people of the past in a book, then that means that Allah has recorded everything about them and that they will be resurrected and that they will be held to account. So moving on from this point, uh, once this argument was presented to Fir'aun, he was unable to bring a counter-argument and Musa -Islam told him that all those people of the past who fell into shirk, who fell into kufr, who worshipped other things besides Allah all of their actions, Allah has recorded them, they will be resurrected, they will be held to account, and this is not an argument for you. You've got no argument in this. And then, Musa -Islam, he then goes on to mention more evidences for Allah's rububiyyah. So he says, <coughs> and we'll finish with this inshallah ta'ala. So then he moves on to mention some of the obvious things that we can see. He says, The one who made the earth for you to be opened and stretched out. And on this, on this earth he made for you pathways through which you can travel like in the mountain passes. And you know, he made it something that it, you, you're able to traverse upon it. وَأَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءَ فَأَخْرَجْنَا بِهِ أَزْوَاجًا مِنْ نَبَاتٍ شَتَّى And likewise he sent rain from the sky and he brought out from it pears of different types of fruit. This is another evidence now as well. If you look at different seeds, you see the same water nourishes the same seed but all these different seeds are producing different plants with different appearances, with different fruits, with different tastes. Yet it's all coming from, from a seed. You pick up the seed and you look at each seed, all of them are going to produce something different. This again, this, this, is, this is programming. Uh, the, 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 there's information in these things that are directing them to become what they are going to become. Right? There has, there has to be, there's no, other, there's no other way about it. Right? There's something within there that they've been programmed according to what they do. So, from out of these things, Allah He creates pears of different types of fruits. And what we mean by pears, we mean some are, for example, sweet, some are bitter. This is a pear now, sweet and bitter. Some are green, some are red. This now is a pear. Um, you know, uh, so pears in loads of different ways, loads of different angles, from their taste, from their color, from you know their size, whatever else, right? So uh, Allah He sends down the water. And he brings out all these various types of fruits. This is clear evidence that there is a creator behind them. One who has choice, one who has will, one who has knowledge. This is clear evidence. And then he says, Kulu an'amakum. He says, you eat from it and feed your animals, meaning pasture your animals from it. So all of this now is food for the animals that graze upon this vegetation. Then they become food for others, for, for, for us. So all of this connection that you see, the rain and the plants and the animals and the, and the way that we all consume and eat and each thing is made for everything else, all of this is clear. It, it is a sign that this is by intent. It is by design. It's something that Allah intended for His, for his creation. And then He says, Indeed, in all of this, 
is clear evidence for the people of intelligence. And from it did we create you, and out of and unto it shall we return you, and from it shall we return you again. This now is the resurrection. So he's now admonishing Fir'aun with the resurrection. That just like you, it was easy for us to create you the first time, then we will return you again. So he's alluding to this. As we see in other ayat in the Quran, Kama Bada'akum Ta'udun. Just as he originated the first time your creation, then like you will you will return back in the same way. And likewise, he is the one who initiates the, the process of creation and he is the one who will repeat it again. And that is even easier for him. Right? To to resurrect you is easier for him than to create you the first time. So all of this was presented to Fir'aun. And as we saw in the previous passage, what was Fir'aun? What was Fir'aun's response after all of this argumentation, after all of the proof was established? He basically said that if you choose another deity besides me, if you choose another deity besides me, I'm going to imprison you. Right? So Fir'aun's response after he's defeated in argument, right, I'm going to put you in prison if you take another lord besides me. This is from his arrogance. So this is now where we move to the next point in the story. We'll introduce it and we'll stop and we'll take it, we'll take it up in the next lesson, inshallah ta'ala. So what is, Fir'aun's, uh, what is the response to Fir'aun from Musa when he was threatened with being put into prison? He said, He said, what if I came to you with something cl- as clear evidence? Right. At this point now, we've moved beyond the arguments. It's gone past that now. Right. All of the gentleness, kind words, admonition, reminding him, bringing the rational arguments, refuting the irrational, irrelevant arguments, all of this now is over and done with. Fir'aun has rejected all of that. He's he's not listening. And he's saying that if you do not take me as your Lord, I'm going to put you in prison. So now we see that it has to go uh, uh, above a level. And so Musa al-Islam says, even if I came to you with something clear, so Fir'aun said, قَالَ فَأْتِ إِن كُنْتَ مِنَ الصَّادِقِينَ Bring it then. If you are from the truth of people, bring it then, show it to me. Bring it. So then this is now where the signs that Musa al-Islam was shown before, this is now when he brought out those signs in front of the Fir'aun. So Allah he says, فَأَلْقَى عَصَاهُ فَإِذَا هِيَ ثَعْبَانٌ مُبِينٌ So he threw down his staff. And then it became a clear, like, like a, a large serpent. And then he put his, put his hand into his, into his garment. And he took it out. And it became illuminated and bright you know, in front of all of the people. So here now we've reached the point where basically it is now we bring the miracle, the ayah, the burhan, which Allah gave to him. Because nothing else has convinced him. And so we'll stop at this point inshallah ta'ala. And we're going to uh, take this story up inshallah in the next lesson. Where now we come to the level of where magic and sihr. Fir'aun is going to try and counter this with magic and sihr and trickery and deception. 
and how he tried to combat the truth. And inshallah, in that lesson, we'll also try to relate what is in that story to a lot of the magic and deception that is taking place now, where they try to bewitch our eyes with, with false beliefs and false ideas about the creation of Allah and so on and so forth. So we'll try to do that in the next lesson, inshallah ta'ala. With that, we'll conclude today's lesson here. Uh, and uh, we will stop for Salatul Isha inshallah ta'ala alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala nabina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in